Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the 100-Yard Coverage Podcast presented by FantasyFootballObserver.com. I am Stefan Arnold, and with me, as always, every single time, is our Dynasty writer, Caleb Barnett. Caleb, it's four days uh, sooner to the Top Gun sequel. How are you doing, brother? I'm good. We uh, we finally got a little bit of a cold front in, so I, I'm enjoying that. Um, not, you know, feeling like I'm going to pass out from the heat, and uh, excited from <laughs> anything and everything. Top Gun. Uh, absolutely, yeah. My wife is uh, stoked about Top Gun. She was a, a goose uh, fan, and unfortunately, uh, if you haven't seen the first one. Uh, I won't spoil it for you, but uh, things don't go well for Goose. But, um, yeah, so we will see that next summer. But let's talk some fantasy football right now, guys. Um, On the fantasyfootballobserver.com right now, we have a couple of new articles from Nate Giorgi and Dakota Vanderhoff. Nate's talking veteran tight ends and Dakota Vanderhoff has three players that he's not going to draft in the early rounds, uh, including Nick Chubb. So check that out at fantasyfootballobserver.com and see why he doesn't want to draft Nick Chubb. All right, Caleb, uh, you've got your rankings coming up in a day or two here. If you want to hear a little bit more about Caleb's rankings before they get on the site, we did a podcast last week about his rankings and where some of his guys stand, um, including Andrew Luck, Odell Beckham, and uh, David Johnson. So check that out, guys. Check our previous podcasts out uh, wherever you're listening to this one right now. Caleb, let's get into the big news of the last few days. Um, Tyreek Hill is not going to be suspended by the NFL, um, the Chiefs wide receiver, he is was accused of assaulting his son earlier in the offseason, um, which obviously is a horrible situation. Um, some of the cracks in the case are maybe that his ex-fiancee is um, trying to um, accuse him of, of this when he didn't do it. Certainly uh, possible, and very few people know the whole situation Obviously a horrible situation, but Caleb, let's kind of stick to fantasy for uh, the moment here. You have him ranked as uh, wide receiver 28th in your most recent rankings, and you're going to move him up um, now that he is not um, going to be suspended. Where do you think you're going to move Hill up um, as he comes back to the Chiefs? I think he'll probably be at wide receiver 10 in my in my rankings um i mean his upside is obviously higher than that um but he's just such a risk uh factor to me and and again just kind of wanted to reiterate this is all fantasy football focused and not how we feel about it personally right but um i i think absolutely yeah yeah um i i think uh he he can't go much higher than that because he he can't stay out of trouble um, and whether he just is surrounding himself with bad people or, or not. Um, he's, he's not been good off the field his entire career. And we, we can kind of, 
you know, that where, where there's yeah. smoke, there's usually fire, right? And there's a lot of smoke around him constantly. So um, his, when he plays, obviously, you know, he's got top five wide receiver upside. But um, especially in that system and with Mahomes and the other weapons Kansas City has and Andy Reid running the offense. But, um, I mean, his yeah. his floor is literally yeah. out of the league in a year. So um, I think that's about right of risk versus reward. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, wide receiver 10 would put him uh, just behind Brandon Cooks um, at the end of the second round or somewhere in the second round, depending on your league. So I think that's about right. There is just uh, the tremendous risk. Um, obviously, as you said, uh, this is just fantasy focus, focused um, and obviously hope the best for him getting help if he needs it um, and that whole situation working out and peace coming to everyone involved and especially uh, his son. So, But let's move on to brighter subjects. Uh, we're going to talk about um, some other things today, Caleb. Uh, we are both looking at a guy we're interested in from the AFC West. Um, you chose Royce Freeman and I chose Hunter Henry. And then let's talk uh, running backs that may hold out and or demand trades in Ezekiel Elliott and Melvin Gordon. So uh, for your player, your AFC West player, Caleb, was Royce Freeman. What are you looking for about him this year? And uh, what do you think he's going to be able to do this year for the Broncos? Yeah, I really like Royce Freeman. Um, I liked him a lot coming in. I think he's a like a, a, an ideal size running back. He, he kind of meets that, you know, 230 pound threshold. He's big. He can move. Um, he's got a great weight adjusted speed score. And ultimately I know Philip Lindsay scares a lot of people and he did a lot of good last year, but uh, the, the frame concerns I have with Philip Lindsay kind of even opened me up more to voice. I think um, I have real big questions about Lindsay's durability um, and ultimately maybe the team's allegiance to him, um, as an undrafted free agent. Um, and you know, it's a new coaching staff coming in and I think Royce will have a chance to kind of reestablish himself in that offense. And he faced a ton of loaded boxes last year. And so, I, you know, I, I don't see that repeating with a bad quarterback play. Right. Right. Yeah. And, uh, um, I mean, there, he averaged seven defenders in the box, which was like about 20th in the league, I think. And um, while that doesn't seem like super high, you got to remember that takes into account all running backs in the league. And there's, you know, over a hundred of those. So um, with, with Case Keenum um, gone and, you know, another year with Cortland Sutton developing, and um, I, I think it's going to be harder to load the box against the Broncos with Flacco and maybe Locke, but especially Flacco. Uh, and, and I just wouldn't bet on yeah. Philip Lindsay staying healthy. So you put that all together, and just got me kind of excited coming to this year. Yeah, certainly uh, Flacco is not, um, you know, he's not a world beater at quarterback, but he's probably an upgrade in Case Keenum if that's possible. Um, or if Flacco, you know, if Flacco's that good, who knows? But maybe a little bit better. Um, yeah, Cecil Lammy of 103. Uh, excuse me, 104.3thefan.com. 
and football guys thinks that Royce Freeman is going to get more of a split uh, this year with Philip Lindsay. So definitely see that happening. Freeman right now is being drafted uh, at the 95th spot. Um, so he is running back 38. That's about 10th round if you're a 10 team league or eighth round as in a 12 team league. Um, he's right around Daryl Henderson, Latavius Murray, LaShawn McCoy, uh, and some of those guys. So I think that's about right for him. He's, you know, he's no sure thing with Lindsay there. Uh, but he's definitely a guy who might be able to contribute for you as a, as a flex play or an RB three. Um, and Philip Lindsley, even if he does get lots of snaps, maybe he gets more targets and Freeman gets more of the uh, ground game work. So we will see what happens. All right, my guy from the AFC West is Chargers tight end Hunter Henry. Obviously, he's got a ton of potential. He's had some injury issues, but I really think the it's all coming together for him. Um, obviously, if Melvin Gordon holds out, that'll be that'll be good for him. I just think that if he can stay healthy, he can really break into top tier of tight ends. Um, Maybe not the top tier, but top five guys. Um, He was ranked 11th in 2016 and 13th in 2017. Uh, And he's going as a tight end six right now. I think after him, there's really a drop-off. Before him is O.J. Howard and Evan Ingram as tight ends four and five. And then you drop down to Jared Cook and Eric Ebron as tight ends seven and eight. So Henry is definitely a guy that if you're going to draft him in the fifth or sixth round, I would do that. But if you don't have a tight end by then, I would definitely not draft one of the next guys. And I would definitely wait for maybe Austin Hooper or someone like that. Uh, Caleb, you have Hunter Henry as your well. You do you're very very low on tight ends overall. You have Hunter Henry. You have him as your tight end six overall as your eighty third pick. Um, do you you like him a little bit more than Njoku and uh, Jared Cook as well? Talk to me about um, what you think Hunter Henry can do this year. Yeah, I think he offers a pretty stable floor for production this year. I think the tight end one in the Chargers yeah. offense um, usually scores a lot of points. Phil Rivers is pretty comfortable um, throwing down to that Antonio Gates role. Um, and so I, I think he can really offer you a lot of upside. Well, sorry, a stable floor. I'm, I question the upside just because there's a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. I mean, Keenan Allen is there. If you yeah. expect Mike Williams to take – any sort of a step forward, um, you know, and if nothing else, Mike Williams is a huge red zone threat, which is normally where our tight ends get a lot of their work. Um, but not a lot of teams have a Mike Williams in the red zone on their team. Yeah. Now Melvin Gordon holding out would definitely help him. I think um, just because, you know, Austin Eckler is fine and he's good in the receiving game, but he's not Melvin Gordon inside the red zone. Right. Um, so I, I feel pretty good. Um, I think he offers, you know, uh, a higher, a higher floor than the Njoku type. Um, but long-term I maybe question the upside a little bit. I mean, he's not an overly athletic tight end. Um, 
his spark score, I think is in like the 15th percentile. Um, but he's highly productive when he plays. So, um, as long as Philip Rivers is there and he holds down that tight end one spot, he offers a pretty high floor. But, um, the reason I have him maybe a little bit lower is I don't think you're going to be able to get the same upside out of him as some guys from other positions. Yeah, I mean, I think he could easily be the tight end four if he reaches his ceiling. Uh, he may not crack Kelsey, Kittle, and Ertz, but he could definitely be the top guy after that. Um, Tyrell Williams being gone uh, opens up some targets. Um, obviously, Mike Williams is going to get maybe the majority of those, but I think and some of them will go to Henry. Um, so I think he's a good good last tight end to really have not only a, a stable floor, as you were saying, but um, some decent upside as well. Okay, let's move on to running backs. Let's start with Ezekiel Elliott uh, possibly holding out. He wants a new deal. Uh, he is going to be a free agent. Um, after 2020, he's slated to make $7.9 million this year and $9.0 million next year. Uh, I saw today that he needs to be in camp by August 6th to uh, get that accrued season toward his free agency. So the Cowboys start on July 27th. So maybe Ezekiel, Ezekiel holds out for two weeks. He holds out for two weeks, but... What do you think the possibility is that it's a real ongoing situation in Dallas, Caleb? Here's the thing. I've got a couple of thoughts about this. One, I have no idea what Zeke is doing. I, I think holding out when he has <laughs> to play this year to have any sort of leverage, it, I, I don't quite understand it. Um, and, you know, kind of how I feel about that is Zeke with more free time is not a good thing for fantasy football right the, the guy can't seem to yeah. keep his head straight so the more structured his life is i think the more happy uh fantasy owners are but the good news for zeke is dallas is not a super smart front office um and they're willing to pay running backs um and i think they're gonna pay zeke uh so i uh i was yeah i was, Me yeah, too. I was looking at some data by josh hermsmeyer um and he, he was basically saying that Zeke is, is not what he's cracked out to be. He's more product. He's a talented running back, um, but not a super valuable one. And he's more product of Dallas's bad scheming and overuse of him. Um, so he's a great fantasy asset, but a, kind of a middling running back, which I thought was really interesting. But basically they said that he said that uh, whatever Dallas does, it's going to be a waste of money if they pay Zeke. Um, and so, I think this whole situation is kind of a mess, but I see him playing in Dallas this year because I think Dallas is going to give in and pay up, uh, even though they shouldn't. So I wouldn't look too far at it long term. It looks like my guess is he's probably going to be a cowboy for a while, and that offense isn't changing. Yeah, I, th- I feel the same way. I I think you're right there. They drafted him uh, in the first round with the fourth overall pick in 2016. So they've They've already put a lot of investment in him, and it sounds like they are not going to you know, let sunk cost go. I think they are going to re-up his contract. They have other contracts to deal with as well as far as uh, quarterback Dak Prescott and um, defensive back Byron Jones. So they have to figure that out, but there are definitely ways to pay more than a few of your guys' top dollar. And so I, I think they will do that. I think you're right. Um, I think that he's using whatever leverage he has right now, and 
I think in the end, he will be a cowboy for next several years as well. Melvin Gordon for the Los Angeles Chargers, Caleb, is a little bit more of an interesting case. He's in the final year of his deal, unlike Zeke, who had two years left. So he's in the final year of his deal. He's got $5.6 million remaining on his contract. Um, You and I were talking over Twitter about teams that might be a good trade fit for Gordon if the Chargers just decide to drop um, Gordon and uh, maybe not worry about uh, the drama or his holdout threat if he was traded in sometime in training camp. Uh, you picked a, might, a good trade partner in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Why do you think the Bucs would be a good fit for Gordon, and what do you think they'd have to give up to get Gordon? See, I, uh, I think Bruce Arians is smarter um, <clears throat> than the average coach, and I don't think he would make this trade just because I think running backs are very rarely worth it, but – I think that's this landing spot would be every fantasy owner's dream, right? Um, dream landing spot, at yeah. least from what I'm that wide open off. But, uh, yeah, exactly. You you can't load the box against Tampa Bay, and you give Arians that talented of a running back, and it's going to be lights out. But um, I I could see them maybe shipping um, if I mean like a, a one of Peyton Barber or Ronald Jones plus maybe a pick um, may not be a, a bad deal. Um, just because the trade market for running backs isn't as high as you would think. I mean, you can look back at guys like Jay Ajayi coming off a Pro Bowl season is traded for a fourth-round pick, or Jordan Howard this past offseason went for like a sixth-round pick, and he's rushed for 1,000 yards, I feel like, almost every year. So um, yeah, I think they could acquire him kind of cheaply, and especially because I, in unlike the Zeke situation, I don't think the Chargers can pay Melvin Gordon. I think, unfortunately for Gordon, he plays the running back position, and the Chargers have to pay Philip Rivers. They've got to pay uh, Bosa, Ingram. They've got a ton of guys in the next few years because they've drafted so well that they've got to pay that just play more valuable positions. So I do, I do look for them to, if they can work out a trade, to get one done. Um, and Tampa Bay would be a great spot for me, uh, at least to see that whole offense elevated um and you know and then you get to see a ronald jones or peyton barber as the chargers lead back which i think would massively elevate their value so i'd be i'd be fine with that i i'm not sure how realistic it is but i think that's the team that can maybe make it happen if there was a team to do it yeah i mean i could definitely see as you said like peyton barber or ronald jones coming back peyton barber uh, is signed for one more year at $2.1 million, according, according to overthecap.com. Uh, and Ronald Jones is signed through 2021 at about $2 million per. You know, maybe the Bucks get a little antsy and, um, you know, just decide to ship Ronald Jones and his, you know, potential, whatever it is, to to the Chargers, and uh, the Chargers rely on Austin Eckler and uh, Justin Jackson and, and see what Jones can do, uh, and then also get a pick from the Bucks. You're right, I'm not sure how realistic it is. I don't think that Tampa Bay is really going to threaten for the playoffs this year. It's a pretty stacked division in and of itself um, without even expanding to the NFC, but would definitely be an upgrade for the Bucks, and would definitely solve a headache for the Chargers. So stranger things have happened. I think another team that may 
uh, benefit from a Gordon trade and might work for both teams is the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think if the Jags decide that they want to move on from uh, running back Leonard Fournette, they could send him to the Chargers. Leonard Fournette is signed for two more years uh, at $7.4 million and then $8.6 million. He also has a fifth-year option if the Jags want to pick that up. He's been injured, so he's, he's fallen down into the third or fourth round of fantasy drafts. 13 games in 2017 and 8 games last year. But again, if the Chargers just decide they don't want to pay Gordon and they want a little bit more of a set cost for Fournette, um, then that might be a, a deal that both teams could be happy about. Tom Coughlin is the executive vice president um, in Jacksonville now. So he's more of an, a little bit of an old school guy. And, you know, if they did acquire Gordon, that would definitely take some pressure off Nick Foles, give him another outlet to pass alongside their wide receivers there. So maybe a realistic trade would be Fournette and a conditional pick uh, to the Chargers. And if if the Jaguars ended up signing Gordon, um, maybe the Chargers could get back a fourth-round pick or a third-round pick. Um, I don't think it's going to be much higher than that just because of, of the cost involved. But uh, two interesting uh, trades there. What do you think the likelihood of an eventual trade is just overall to any team, Caleb? Um, or do you think that um, Gordon's going to hold out? Or do you think that the Chargers is going to end up paying him? I don't think the Chargers can afford to pay him. So I think a trade or um, just a holdout is the most likely outcome, I think. Um, if, if he decides that he doesn't want to play, then I, I think the Chargers say, fine, um, I'm sorry, but we, we can't afford to pay you. Um, and I think the, the trade market for a running back with one year left on his deal is kind of limited. Um, and so yeah. it, it's... I see a holdout maybe is the most likely outcome. I mean, with a trade second to that, but if you're a Melvin Gordon owner right now, you're sweating, I think, because I think you understand this could be just a Lev situation, right? Or Le'Veon Bell situation. Um, and that's probably the most likely outcome because that's yeah. the evidence we have for what happens in these scenarios. Yeah. I mean, you definitely have to drop Gordon down in your fantasy drafts. I know most people are probably not drafting now, but if you are in the next few weeks that you just really have to, um, you know, I don't know that you could take him over, uh, Joe Mixon or someone like that in, uh, in your drafts, you'd have to drop him down maybe from the late first into the top, uh, of the second round, or maybe even a little bit lower than that. You know, maybe you pick a Nick Chubb, maybe you pick, uh, you know, Todd Gurley might be a good replacement. Like just take a chance on Gurley and make sure that he's not and hope that he stays healthy. So definitely interesting as we go into camp. It's definitely going to be the biggest news of the day. All right, guys, that is it. This has been episode, I'm going to call it two of the 100-yard coverage podcast. We have more than just a couple of episodes. This is our fifth episode, but... We were trying things out first, um, but check out the old episodes. We talk about undervalued players, running backs, some super sophomores that you want to look at 
while the rest of your league is too infatuated with overpriced rookies. So have a listen with that. And uh, we will be back next week to uh, talk more fantasy football. So, Caleb, where can people find you on the interwebs? The easiest place is on Twitter at underscore Caleb Barnett. I can be found on Twitter at FFobserver. Once again, guys, our podcast homepage is anchor.fm slash FFobserver. You can go there, see all of our episodes. You can also leave us a voice comment or a question, which we'd be happy to answer. And you can support the writers of FantasyFootballObserver.com if you'd like to do that as well. Okay, guys, we will talk to you next week. For Caleb, I'm me. We will see you later. Peace out.